Copycat, let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response, The Rob Carson Show. Today is uh, Tuesday, the 13th of September, two days after September the 11th, the 21st anniversary of the worst attack on U.S. soil in our history. And the Democrat Party has chosen to bastardize the memory of those who fought, the memory of those who signed up, uh, the patriotic Americans that live in this country. And I'm going to get into this. It is very deeply, profoundly personal for me. And I'm going to share my thoughts on what these SOBs have done this weekend with regard to September the 11th and comparing those of us who are patriotic, those who are, of us who speak out against the nonsense of our federal government, the nonsense of sexualizing our children, of getting our children to hate one another, the nonsense of an open border, the nonsense of a stolen election, the nonsense of Hunter Biden's laptop, the nonsense of Russia collusion that never happened, all of that. And the piece de resistance was this weekend when Democrats compared those who went on airplanes with box cutters, killed people on the planes, then flew the passengers and themselves into the World Trade Center, into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and into the Pentagon. And I'm going to tell you what, this is it. I've had enough of this nonsense, and I'm going to share my thoughts on this and what our reaction has to be as a country to this. Because I'm going to tell you, the Democrats, I've said they were going to throw a lot of things to see if it stuck before the 8th of November. And this weekend, when people like Hillary Clinton, when people like Alejandro Mayorkas, who has, I'll just say it, hoard out the southern border, compares patriotic Americans who went over to Afghanistan, who signed up for the military, who came back profoundly damaged, whether that be mentally or physically, and then to compare those people to the ones who commandeered those planes cannot stand. I had a lot of time to think about this the last 24 hours, guys. The last couple of nights I've had fitful sleeps, thinking about the things that are happening to the country, thinking about the raid of Mar-a-Lago, thinking about the evil speech that Joe Biden gave in Philadelphia where he called half of our population fascists, enemies of the state, and then I looked at history and what happened during Hitler's Nazi Germany and what happened during Joseph Stalin's rise to power and the similarities are uncanny and undeniable.
The only advantage we have is we've experienced 250 years of freedom and success where the United States of America led the world out of darkness, led the world into air travel and space travel and car travel and radio, and I can go on and on and on. I'm done. (laughs) I'm just done with this nonsense. We have a weaponized FBI We had a Facebook CEO literally say that Facebook collaborated with the FBI to cover up Hunter Biden's laptop. They used the word disinformation, which is a term coined by Joseph Stalin, to do that. They did the same damn thing in 2016, attempting to throw the election by saying there was Russia collusion with Donald Trump, and that made no sense from the get-go because Donald Trump was a hawk on defense, a hawk on commerce, a hawk on intellectual property, and Hillary Clinton had already been bought and sold by Russia. And so did Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. I told you things were going to get nuts before November the 8th. And I've been exactly, exactly right on all of it. The number is 800-922-6680. Before we get into all of that, Apparently, the economy not doing as well as Joe Biden would like to say it is. Joe Biden says that everything's coming up roses while you're shopping at Dollar General instead of Walmart because you can't afford Walmart anymore. Where people are working two and three jobs. Where the price of gas has gone down. Well, thank you, Joe Biden. No, 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 no. Actually, it wasn't Joe Biden. It's a thing called demand. And it affects supply. And it affects price. And when people can't afford to fill their tanks, they drive less, they use less, and the price comes down. That's the only bright spot. And it wasn't caused by Joe Biden. Here's the new unemployment report. I'm sure Joe Biden will say today that unemployment, that inflation is at 0%, 0%, even though groceries cost 13% more than they did last year. And I don't have that audio for you, but I'm going to have it in just one second. Cheryl Cassoni is covering the numbers for the August CPI. Right to you, Cheryl. 8.3% is the year-over-year number. 8.3%. If you strip out the core, it is 6.3%. Again, coming in hotter than expected and hotter than... Hotter than expected. I thought that Inflation Reduction Act was going to fix it all. Oh, it wasn't about inflation reduction. It was about uh, filling the bank accounts of uh, Green New Deal uh, donors and uh, hiring 87,000 IRS agents to go after conservatives and Republicans like they're doing right now across the country. And a lot of economists and a lot of people on this panel thought it was going to come in, to be clear here. Again, the expectation, 8.1%, 8.3% was the headline number. Okay. And and we were uh, readying ourselves for the Biden pronouncement that inflation has been tamed today because everybody was convinced, hey, maybe inflation will dip to 7.5 or 7.8%. But no, it's still at 8.3%. It's a relief from the four-decade high of 9.1% recorded in uh, June, but still well above normal target levels. And why should target levels 
make any sense whatsoever when the President of the United States is doing absolutely D-word to stave off inflation. This is what is driving you right now. Every day of your life when you look at the bills, every day of your life with 35% of you say that a 40-hour job is not enough to pay your rent or mortgage, your groceries, and your utilities. 35% of Americans, 65% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck, frequently not making it to the paycheck and having to use credit cards for it. And yet the dear leader, the dear leader still claims success, even though everything he touches turns to crap. The reverse Midas touch. I coined that phrase at least a year ago. I said Joe Biden has the the, the opposite of the Midas touch. Instead of everything he touches turning gold, he touches things that were already gold and he turns them to crap. Like inflation under Donald Trump, like the southern border and illegal immigration with Trump, like unemployment with African Americans, like crime. Reverse Midas touch. And the American people know it. They know it because they feel it in their hearts. They feel it in their pocketbooks. They know that things aren't right. And that's why 70% of both parties say the country is going in the wrong direction. What I am asking of you, in a purely nonpartisan fashion, we can disagree on some things, but the one thing we cannot agree on is that America is an evil place. It is not. The Democrat Party has for decades been trying to get you to hate America. Hate America. Barack Obama said it in 2007 that he wanted to fundamentally change America. You don't change things foundationally unless you hate the concept altogether. And that's what we're seeing. And now, not only do we see our Department of Justice being weaponized, quantifiably, there's no doubt about it, against Trump supporters, Donald Trump, patriotic Americans. Now we see one of the most sacred events, one that that I still have trouble talking about 21 years later, because on September the 11th, as I watched those towers fall, I never wept so hard for people I had never met before. There are times that I still can't talk about it today. I realize you Gen Zers, you can't relate to that because it happened uh, before or after you were born, but maybe some of you don't have fathers or mothers because of it. This time you screwed the pooch. This time you did it. I've got a lot of uh, audio I want to share with you. The uh, DOJ is going after Trump supporters, people affiliated with uh, Donald Trump. This is the definition the embodiment of the jackbooted thugs that we have been talking about and warning about for years. 
and I'm not being hyperbolic. Everything that I say on this show is based in facts. I have said from the get-go that any time the Democrat Party, the mainstream media, and big social media say that your opinion is disinformation, it means they want to shut down your opinion because they know you're right and they cannot have this investigated, whether it be Russia collusion or Hunter Biden's laptop or the stolen 2020 election. Here's the number, 800-922-6680. Some of the barbaric comparisons between 9-11 hijackers and patriotic Americans on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. business what you do to our country is ours it's the rob carson show we must be honest with each other and with ourselves too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal like crt like sexualizing our children like uh, transgender surgery like uh, puberty blockers like all of the nonsense like the open border it is not normal it has been created by the democrat party to upset the balance of power and get us focusing on so many things that we can't keep up while they attempt to dissemble the country as founded donald trump and the MAGA republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. No, sir, your presidency does. You ever watch TV, you see the uh, Tunnels for Towers commercials? I give money to Tunnels for Towers. It's an organization that takes care of profoundly injured veterans and gives them homes that are accessible. You know why uh, those veterans are uh, handicapped in the fashion they are? Because they signed up after 9-11 to go fight an evil that perpetrated the largest mass murder in world history, the largest terrorist attack on American soil, and they went over and they came back profoundly injured either physically or mentally. I have a nephew I haven't spoken to for years. He came back from Afghanistan. He saw his brother, well, his brother-in-arms, Blown up in front of him. I remember I reconnected with him when he was 16 at my brother's funeral. His father. I hadn't seen him since he was an infant. He was 16. The next time I saw him was when he was 26. And it was after he'd served in Afghanistan and he came back with PTSD. This is Kamala Harris, the idiot uh, VP of the United States. Talking about uh, 9-11 terrorists versus those who, uh, who went to protest a, an election where there were so many improprieties that they are nearly laughable, but, uh, but of course covered up by the press. But here she is effectively calling patriotic Americans 9-11 terrorists. We're at the 21st um, marking, if you will, of the September 11th attacks. Yeah. This was a foreign terrorist attacking our democracy, yep. attacking this country. Yep. We're now, as a nation, battling a threat from within. Is the threat mm. equal or greater than what we faced after 
It is the worst comparison you could possibly imagine. It is a blasphemy of those who have served. It is a blasphemy of those who survived. It is a blasphemy of those who lost their lives that day. That's an interesting question. Um, I have held many elected offices as district attorney, attorney general, senator, now vice president, and there's an oath that we always take, which is to defend and uphold our Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We don't compare the two in the oath, but we know they both can exist. And we This is sickening. By the way, I want to uh, real quick uh, announce that uh, yesterday I spoke about a, uh, a, a piece on uh, 60 Minutes on Sunday with regard to firefighters who went up in the towers knowing that they lost their lives. And I got some veterans who were, were pissed at me. They said, it wasn't a lottery. And, and I know that. Maybe the way that I said it conveyed that it was some sort of a lottery, but it was not. Somebody called me yesterday and said the reason why uh, half of the firefighters who died, by the way, 350 of the 700 who were on the scene died was because it was a shift change. I said, that doesn't make any sense at all. They were given their assignments to go up in the Twin Towers, and they went and did their duty knowing they were going to die. I want to share two little pieces from that because I want to clear up any issues whatsoever about my support of the firefighters and the unbelievable sacrifice that they made on 9-11 in New York. You know, the more and more firefighters, they kept coming in, and they took their assignments with no question. Yeah, pretty tough to do. But it's also hard to give them those assignments. It was. Yeah, it, it was. But, um, you know, but I could tell when I gave the assignments out, you know, I could see the look, look in their eyes. I remember seeing firefighters hugging each other and, and, and heading up. My uh, nephew is a member of the Iowa National Guard. He was assigned to go to Afghanistan and he went without question. How many firefighters did you see that day refuse to go up the stairs? Nobody refused to go in. I could remember one lieutenant from Engine 33 coming up to me and not saying a word. And we stood there wondering if we were both going to be okay. And that lieutenant was my brother Kevin. And then I told him what, what I told many of the other fire officers. I said, go up to the 70th floor. Everybody below where the plane struck, 98 or 99% of the people below where the, uh, the plane struck were rescued by firefighters. 350 firefighters ceased to exist the day of September the 11th. And by the way, the Taliban today controls all of Afghanistan more than they ever dreamed of, and now they have 80 to $90 billion worth of military equipment, which Joe Biden left behind. And on September the 11th of this year, the Biden administration and its sycophants and Democrats served up the ultimate indignity, and that is to compare those who reacted to 9-11. And I would venture to say that those who signed up after 9-11 uh, were most probably, well, certainly patriots and most probably not hardcore left Democrats. Duh. Because patriotic Americans love the country and how it was founded. I've got more on this coming up. Also, the FBI is wholesale raiding Trump supporters' homes. That has been verified. 
blanket warrants like they did at Mar-a-Lago because they're going to do anything they can to upset the election coming up and the writing on the wall, which is Democrats are going to be swept out of power. This is The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. We're being brainwashed and believing the only way to grow your money for retirement is to risk it in the stock market, and that's not true. You can reach your financial goals and dreams without taking unnecessary risks. Do you really control your retirement money? If you got a 401k or IRA or a similar retirement plan, the government controls it. I hate to break it to you. They decide how much you can borrow and when you can pay it back, and you'll owe taxes and penalties for taking money out too soon or waiting too long, even though it's your money. And thanks to skyrocketing national debt in Congress that continues to spend like a drunken sailor, who knows how much you'll have to pay in taxes during a retirement that could last 30 years. Bank on yourself is a better way to grow and protect your hard-earned money. With Bank on Yourself, you get guaranteed predictable growth and retirement income with no luck, skill, or guesswork needed. Your plan doesn't go backwards when the markets tumble. Both your principal and growth are locked in. Let's not forget tax-free retirement. You'll know what your tax rate will be in retirement. Zero under new tax law, which protects you from the coming tax tsunami. And finally, built-in inflation protection. Your money is guaranteed to grow by a larger dollar amount every single year in both good times and bad. You can get a free report with all the details on how the Bank on Yourself strategy adds guarantees, predictability, and control to your financial plan. Just go to bankonyourself.com slash news. That's bankonyourself.com slash news. We rebuilt New York. Uh, we have done our best to take care of the families that lost so much on that terrible day. And we have also, I think, um, been reminded um, about how important it is uh, to try to deal with extremism of any kind, uh, especially when it uses violence to try to achieve political and ideological uh, goals. Now, is she talking about the summer of 2020 where $2 billion of damage was done to the country, where 30 people were murdered, where hundreds of police officers were injured? Or was she talking about also the day that uh, Washington, D.C., parts of Washington, D.C. burned on Inauguration Day for Donald Trump because uh, they threw a temper tantrum? No, no, she was comparing patriotic Americans, Trump supporters, to al-Qaeda. Now, I remember 9-11 like it was yesterday. And I remember the reaction from the left and people like Hillary Clinton on 9-11. And it was this question. Why do they hate us so much? Do you remember that? How old were you when 9-11 happened? Were you in your 20s? Were, in your, were, you, were you 30? Were you 40? Do you remember that? The left becoming introspective and saying, well, I know they're evil and everything, but we must have done something wrong. No, they're just evil. <laughs> and Hillary Clinton and Democrats are calling the most patriotic people in America, the people who believe in the country is founded, the people who love the country, who want freedom. They don't want COVID lockdowns. They are the ones who want election integrity. They've been called every name in the book from racist to white supremacist. And now they're being compared to Al-Qaeda. Here is Kamala Harris. 
who is the vice president of the United States, despite being a dimwit, being asked what a fascist is. Because you'll recall in a uh, hate-filled speech in front of a blood-red Independence Hall in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago, Joe Biden declared war using words of war against his political opposition the first time in U.S. history that has ever been done. And he also called us fascists. Here's Kamala Harris. What is a semi-fascist? Listen, I think that um, when we let's not get caught up in 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 politicizing the fact that oh no no let's do that because you are your every every move you make every word you take every word you say is political most people in america know that it is not helpful to our country when we have people who are denying elections or trying to obstruct yeah i remember on the day after the election in 2020 my facebook account disappeared with hundreds of thousands of followers before i was able to raise a question about the election it was just gone that happened to thousands of conservatives and now we know that facebook was working with the fbi to shut down the hunter biden laptop before the election three weeks out which 70 to 80 percent of americans said would have caused them to not vote for joe biden the outcome of an election where the largest number of people... We were told we could not doubt the election results, even though the evidence was there. Reams and reams of evidence showed the fact that the five battleground states stopped counting the vote as Donald Trump was way out in front and millions of ballots showed up the next morning when the ballot counting restarted and they were mostly in favor of Joe Biden. We're not stupid. People in our country voted for the president of the United States. And um, when we look at where we are, I think that we have to admit that there are um, attacks from within to your first question. And we need call me a fascist. Call me whatever you want. I will embrace it. If I get called a name by Joe Biden and the Democrat Party, I will embrace it. Absolutely embrace it. Because if I am their definition of it, then I know I'm doing things right. This is uh, Tulsi Gabbard talking about comparing uh, Trump supporters with Al-Qaeda, which is what the Democrat Party attempted to do on Sunday. I, like so many of my fellow service members, I enlisted because of those jihadist attacks on 9-11 to support and defend our Constitution, to protect our fellow Americans and to go after and kill those who attacked us on that day. And it is despicable and outrageous to hear these people to hear these people uh, say the things that they're saying, comparing our fellow Americans to terrorists, actually worse. They literally said they are worse than Al-Qaeda terrorists. Um, this just shows how far they are willing to go. And it doesn't get any lower. I work with a wonderful organization in Kansas City. It's called Friends in Service of Heroes. It's one of the many charities that popped up after 9-11, after all of those patriotic Americans risked everything, life, limb, and went over to fight the terror. I've been there when they've, uh, when they've given uh, track wheelchairs to uh, 25-year-old quadriplegics so they could go out and they could hunt again and they could fish again and they could live life again and it gave them a reason to live and i've been there when when service members from afghanistan profoundly impacted by ptsd fighting al-qaeda 
as they were given service dogs so they could temper the suicidal thoughts in their head because they saw their friends die. You've gone too far. This is Josh Hawley talking about how Trump supporters are being targeted by the left in this country. Oh, absolutely, Sean, and we're seeing it unfold in real time. And what we're seeing is an administration that cares nothing about the rule of law. They only care about abusing it. The only time they're interested in law enforcement is when they can use it against their political opponents, especially Donald Trump or anybody who supported Donald Trump. And what we're seeing is... Hence why Trump supporters are being called worse than Al-Qaeda. ...effort by this president to use law enforcement, to abuse law enforcement, to try to criminalize, basically, the political opposition, which is half the country. And it is unprecedented in our history, Sean, and it is extremely, extremely dangerous. In the meantime, you got people... We've got to stop it, guys. We've got to stop this. Nothing good will happen because of this. It will only get worse for you and me and the country. Like this killer in Memphis, uh, we're seeing we're seeing shooting sprees, we're seeing murders, we're seeing carjackings all across the country, all across the country. Biden DOJ won't lift a finger to do anything about the crime spree. Why is that? Why is that? There's a story I, I read the other day. A, a teacher found a kid in class, and he had 150 fentanyl pills. He was in junior, junior high. Now, those 150 fentanyl pills could have killed half the junior high, but a teacher intercepted, opened the canister that had them, and immediately OD'd on fentanyl. He was uh, resuscitated. But right now, our southern border has been breached beyond belief, and tens of thousands of our children... Young people are literally being murdered by China because these pills aren't, uh, they aren't like a pot to get a bag of pot. They aren't like a, a bag of meth. They are disguised as common medications for ADHD. I don't think there's any doubt that this is evil, that this is intentional. I want to go to Alice in uh, Catonsville, Maryland. Hello there, Allison. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Your thoughts, please. Oh, Rob. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I'm, I'm calling because my heart's going out to you. Um, you know, I understand. I understand how you're upset by all of this. And I, I was, I'm 58, so I was 36 when 9-11 happened. Um, I, I was 16 when Ronald Reagan was elected. I couldn't vote for him, but, yeah. boy, my heart was there. Um, but I, I just want to try to, you know, inject a little positivity here for you and for all the listeners that we are in the right. We are the people who are good-hearted people. We are the people that have made this country awesome and wonderful and a light to the rest of the world. And we will continue to do so. We will continue to fight the good fight because we do have voices out there that are pointing out the things that are incorrect and the people who are like Tulsi Gabbard for one who who actually has her head on straight on this um, topic and we need to just keep encouraging each other to have have positively and 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 positivity and and light and be able to smile and and you know just like um the, that boy uh his name Sanders the 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 boy who was uh, at uh, the Lincoln Memorial when the um, Native American fellow was there. Oh, yes, oh, yes, the guys from Cub, Ca Cub Catholic, yes, from Cub Catholic. Yes. Nicholas and Sandman. 
Nicholas Sandman. Okay, so now, not Sandman. Alice, Alice, I understand where you're coming from, and I think if you are a fan of this show, you know as well as anybody yeah. in this audience knows that every day I greet this day with yeah. positivity as a joyful warrior. But I'm going to tell you, uh, my life has been too impacted with death and destruction and injury to have the Democrat Party compare 9-11 to me, to patriotic Americans, Alice. And that's why I'm really ticked off today. And that's yeah. why there, there's a time to laugh and there's a time to fight, Alice. Right. right. And, I and today I choose to fight. But I, I understand. But we still need to do it with grace and with dignity. And, yes. you know, you can say the, what is in your heart, Rob, Rob, but I don't want you to get so discouraged. I, I don't want you to fall. I'm not discouraged. Despair or anything I'm, like that. I'm, not, I'm not discouraged and I do not have despair okay. in my heart. What I do have okay. is that I'm really pissed. Right. And I'm tired right. and I'm tired of this nonsense. And I'm right. going to call it out. I appreciate your phone call. God bless you. I really do appreciate your phone call. I said this yesterday morning. I said they, they're bastardizing 9-11. Where do you go from here? How do you sink lower than this? And then there are those who, who went along with it. There are those who are going along with it. And remember, they started this a long time ago. They started calling Trump supporters white supremacists years ago, years ago. This is part of the plan. Nothing could be further from the truth. Here is a Sonny Hostin. She's on The View, uh, also known as the Harpies from Hell Show. Yeah, I know. It's, they sound so similar. I always slip up. I'm like, well, it's, what's happening with the Harpies from Hell Show? I'm sorry. I meant The View. See, they sound so much alike, I occasionally get them, uh, get them mixed up. But here is uh, uh, Sonny Hostin, who is uh, essentially like any uh, uh, layman uh, who has existed in the past as totalitarian regimes ushered in death and destruction for populations, including the USSR and Nazi Germany. And here she is playing along with the state narrative to demonize those who are in the opposition. I, I think you hit the nail right on the head in the sense that we came together as a country because it was a foreign adversary. Yeah. That is why I think... The left did not come along. The left said, what did we do to make them mad? It, it, it was an act of foreign terrorism. And so we felt like, how dare you come to our country and harm us? The biggest threat to our country today... Listen to this. ...says the FBI's director is white supremacy and domestic mm. terrorism. And who is he talking about? It's the plan. Merrick Garland said the biggest threat to our democracy is white supremacy and domestic terrorism. He also sicked uh, the FBI on parents who disagree with critical race theory in schools. It's uh, been verified. How do you come together when it's homegrown terror? And, and we have never addressed why. What has the January 6th movement, what have Trump supporters done that would make the summer of 2020 pale by comparison nonsense let's take a break your calls are welcome 800-922-6680 this is the rob carson show shipping can make or break a sale so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. they make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows and they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com 
and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. If you don't like his opinion, see the First Amendment and get back to us. It's the Rob Carson Show. In the last two years, we have been told that uh, if you dis- differ with the uh, the official position of the federal government on everything from COVID to uh, to January 6th through the election to the Hunter Biden laptop to Russia collusion. Uh, you were told that if you disagreed with the government narrative, that was disinformation, a term used by Joseph Stalin as he established his disinformation police uh, and his rise to power in 1923. This isn't... Uh, this isn't hyperbole. I'm, I, this is stuff that I have I've paid very, very uh, close attention to, and I have gathered copious evidence. Never before in our history with the First Amendment have we been told that dissent is disinformation. Dissent is not disinformation. Here is the, uh, the uh, DHS Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, who has opened the border wholesale to illegals. Five million people have come across our border, including criminals. Right now we have a fentanyl crisis in our country that's killed 108,000 people last year in America. And here he is talking about the threat in the United States, avoiding what happened in the summer of 2020 when there is verifiable Evidence to the tune of $2 billion, thousands of injuries, thousands of hospitalizations, and dozens of murders by the left, by BLM and Antifa. The, um, Jonathan, the threat landscape has evolved considerably over the last 20 years. You know, back when 9-11 occurred in those, in those years, we were very focused on the foreign terrorists, the individual who sought to do a severe harm to enter the United States and and do us harm it then evolved we began uh, to be more and more concerned about the individual already resident in the united states really and who are those you mean the white supremacists even though they're (laughs) there you could count on i think uh both hands the number of real white supremacist organizations in the united states in fact i would say one hand okay i mean please radicalized by a foreign terrorist ideology now um we are seeing an emerging threat of course over the last several years of the domestic violent extremists the individual here in the united states radicalized to violence by a foreign terrorist ideology but also an ideology of hate Uh uh-huh what about antifa and black lives matter there's literally a path of destruction that was left by them well, January the 6th, uh, there were supposedly millions of dollars worth of damage to the Capitol. They're holding back 16,000 hours of videotape from inside the Capitol because people were left in and very little damage was done, if at all. Unbelievable. Where is the threat, Alejandro Mayorkas, in the country? What, what sort of uh, enemy are we looking at? Anti-government sentiment. False narratives propagated on online platforms. Uh, like uh, denying or, or saying that there was something wrong with the 2020 election or Hunter Biden's laptop was real. Even personal grievances. The threat landscape has evolved. And here is the uh, secretary of the DHS who has allowed the wholesale invasion of our southern border, which, by the way, is uh, sovereign. It is the uh, it is the duty of the commander in chief and the federal government to ensure the border is secure. What are the best ways to combat domestic the domestic terrorism threat? 
I think, uh, of course, we have to uh, address the underlying cause. And in fact, uh, the president uh, is convening a summit against hate. Uh, oh, really? That's interesting. Next week, uh, we have to address. Following a speech where he called half of America fascists and uh, a threat to the democracy. Why do people radicalize to violence? Um, and we have to work. Yeah, we haven't done that, but the left has. With local communities to equip and empower them to address uh, the threat that could. And this is where it descends into nonsense. Materialize. You know, we have seen in Buffalo, New York, in Uvalde. The Texas um, in Highland Park in New York I believe the guy was a Democrat um, individuals who uh, showed signs of descending this has nothing uh, to do with January the 6th uh, down a path uh, to violence and we have to now coming up uh, last night we received word that the uh, DOJ has issued 40 subpoenas and seized phones of uh, Trump administration officials as part of the uh, January the 6th Capitol riot uh, I told you things were going to get crazy before November the 8th and uh, you can put an exclamation on top of that. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Hey, it's Rob Carson for Stamps.com. The holiday season has a way of sneaking up on us. If you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. And if you haven't started preparing for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping, you're already falling behind. Luckily, Stamps.com has everything you need to make your whole life a whole lot easier. It's the 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs for over 20 years. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to the USPS and UPS services you need to run your business right from your computer. With inflation on the rise, every dollar counts. Protect your margins with major discounts on USPS and UPS rates. Up to 86% off. So get ahead of the holiday chaos this year. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with the promo code NEWSMAX for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter code NEWSMAX. That's Stamps.com. Enter code NEWSMAX. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. Hello and uh, welcome to it. Dick Morris is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. He's written this book called The Return. He uh, talks about and uh, uh, has a, a plan for Donald Trump returning to office that he believes is going to happen. I believe it as well. Uh, and that's why the Democrats are so focused on... Uh, things like um, uh, sending the President of the United States to Philadelphia to bathe uh, Independence Hall with uh, communist red light and call half of the country Trump supporters fascists and enemies of the state. I cannot uh, say loud enough 
that uh, I, I predicted that the left was going to do some unbelievable things before the election. I said that uh, the Democrats, when they lose, they're like, they die like movie vampires. They scratch and claw, and they do anything they can to drag the country into hell with them, and that's what they are attempting to do. Uh, I'm going to get with uh, the Tucker Carlson at a report last night that's been verified that Trump supporters are being raided by the DOJ. 40 subpoenas and seizing of phones related to uh, January 6th, which, by the way, Donald Trump was impeached for uh, supposedly causing a riot, and he was uh, vindicated. But they're doing anything they can to uh, create their own Reichstag. And I, and I said this on January the 7th of uh, 2021. I said it's the Reichstag. They opened the doors. They let people in. Newsweek said uh, 14 left-wing groups had infiltrated the, uh, the, uh, the crowd. The crowd that has always been peaceful. Nobody at a Trump rally ever brought, ever brought uh, grappling hooks or flak helmets or bulletproof vests or, you know, all of these things. That's Antifa. That's BLM. But here's the good news. Um, the consumer price index uh, unexpectedly climbed to 8.3% in August, despite a decline in gas prices. That means that the inflation report, well, it looks like inflation uh, is, uh, is up 8.3% from a year ago. Then when you factor in things like uh, your utilities and groceries, uh, it's about 13 14%, but I'd say it's much higher than that. And then, of course, the national debt is uh, $31 trillion for the first time ever and is uh, still rising thanks to Joe Biden's semiconductor bill and the student loan forgiveness and the Green New Deal energy plan. This is robberies soar by 13%, aggravated assaults by 2.6% in the uh, U.S. cities. Atlanta, New Orleans, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Dallas, Phoenix, Denver, all see a whole lot murders. New York City recorded a 39% rise in robberies, 21% rise in aggravated assaults. Where's the speech in Philadelphia about this? 58% want Biden to stop blaming MAGA and fix the economy he ruined. Rasmussen reports in the wake of Biden's disastrous red sermon. 58% of likely voters say his fraudulency Joe Biden should quit blaming MAGA Republicans and get to work working on the economy that is in shambles. Oh, and this, on top of this, on top of this. I know, and it's kind of weird. Have you noticed that all Joe Biden's cabinet members... And, and a good deal of high-profile Democrats are not saying a thing. And neither is Mitch McConnell. It's like they're almost kind of sitting back waiting to see what happens. White House staff, they are uh, holding urgent meetings in a desperate attempt to stave off rail strikes on Friday that could wipe $2 billion off the U.S. economy each day. Freight unions and railroads face fr the Friday deadline to reach a, a pay deal. Uh, and I don't see anywhere in any of the articles that I've read Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. It's like, you know, he has a position with no skill or knowledge whatsoever it's just like i don't know maybe they checked a couple boxes kind of like they did with the vice president and then this the doj has issued 40 subpoenas and seized the phones of two trump administration officials as part of its investigation into his attempt to overturn the 2020 election and the january 6th capitol riot he of course was vindicated for that in the first impeachment 
but they're still trying it. Here's uh, Tucker Carlson with uh, the report last night. Kramer, this show has obtained a subpoena from Merrick Garland's DOJ issued in the past week. And what it demands is both unlawful and without precedent in American history. The subpoena claims to be investigating, quote, any claim that the vice president and or president of the Senate had the authority to reject or choose not to count presidential electors. Now, keep in mind that any claim you make as an American citizen about electors, any claim you make about American politics, period, is protected explicitly under the First Amendment. Until now. That's our core freedom. It's why we live here. It's why we're proud to be Americans. It's why so many American servicemen died protecting our country. Those are the freedoms that they fought to preserve. That's why nobody prosecuted leading Democrats in 2016 when they sought to reject electors for Donald Trump. Same thing, kids. Right. It's why none of those people, including Kamala Harris, is now in jail. But right now, according to the subpoena that we have obtained, Merrick Garland's DOJ is demanding all communication from the following people on this topic. And listen, let's be clear before we read their names that it is not clear what the investigation is actually about. And that's the most terrifying part. What is this? On what grounds are you demanding my private communications with people? They never say. First, they came for the Jews. Remember that? I'm not being hyperbolic. But included in this precedent-breaking sweep of political opponents of the Biden White House would be former White House advisor Bernie Carrick, who is the former police commissioner of New York City, Boris Epstein, who is the current attorney for Donald Trump. At no time in American history has it been okay to grab the personal communications of someone's lawyer, because those are privileged. Not anymore. Well, and Donald Trump had uh, privileged client, attorney, client, privilege protected information at Mar-a-Lago. They also seized his passports. They seized his some items of clothing. They went through his son's room. They went through his wife's room. This is Harmeet Dillon. She works with the, uh, the Trump administration. She is a lawyer. She's an excellent lawyer talking about the uh, subpoena, the subpoena and the searches of uh, Trump supporters. Well, the truth is that a few days ago, a political reporter called several people and said, hey, have you heard or have you been served yet? The FBI is going to be serving 50 approximately search warrants and or subpoenas on Trump supporters. And then, you know, within 24 hours of that, two of our clients, three of our clients actually did either get search warrants or subpoenas. And these subpoenas are extremely broad. They're from the... Show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Capital siege section of the United States. They want to do the same thing with the IRS and you. Uh, Department of Justice's uh, D.C. office. And they ask for broad categories of documents. They ask for all communications dating from a month before the election until... This is the country you want to live in? When you're on the receiving end of this, are you going to want to be in this country? A month, two months after the election, and they asked for all communications regarding uh, dozens of people, and the categories are alternate electors, uh -huh. uh, fundraising around irregularities around the election, mm -hmm. and also a, a, a rally that happened before the January 6th uh, situation at the Capitol, so the Save America rally that happened. And so basically, 
most of this activity, if not all of it, is protected by the First Amendment. And the United States Department of Justice is telling reporters about these search warrants and subpoenas before they're executed. There's no other explanation. They are trying to convict people in the court of public opinion. Here is Glenn Greenwald. He is a uh, uh, reporter, an excellent journalist. And he says that this move toward authoritarianism, for toward demonizing uh, uh, people who believe the election was stolen and Trump supporters, it started before January the 6th. It started before it's like, I don't know, there was a coordinated attempt, a successful attempt to steal the election, and, uh, and any attempt to say anything about it would result in you going to jail. As, as you should be. You know, it's amazingly ironic. I became a journalist in 2005 in response to the civil liberties abuses justified in the name of the war on terror, where at least there was an actual attack on the United States. I yeah. thought the threat was exaggerated in order to escalate these civil liberties abuses, but at least there was a real attack. Yeah. What is right. the most overlooked part of the Biden administration is that before January 6th, there was an attempt to import that war on terror, that first war on terror, onto domestic soil. Adam Schiff, one of the most authoritarian members of Congress, in addition to being one of the most pathological liars, had legislation pending that would do nothing but take that first war on terror and make it domestic. And you can look at a Wall Street Journal article. On and that's when they started saying that Trump supporters were white supremacists. And the biggest threat that we faced in this country is from within, from white supremacy even though it really doesn't exist. November 15th, two months before January 6th, right when Biden was declared the winner, where they said that a top priority of the Biden administration is to reintroduce the war on terror, but this time on domestic soil. So they justify it now in the wake of 1-6, even though before 1-6, this was what they were intending to do as a way of criminalizing their opposition and solidifying authoritarian powers on American soil. Which is just great, unless you're on the receiving end. And let's go to Buster in Santa Cruz, the home of our glorious affiliate KSCL. Buster, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Uh, Rob, man, I really appreciate your compassion towards all these extremely brave men, the firefighters and everything. And what I'd like to say, I hope it makes you feel better, but you know it's obvious to me? These people that are calling us uh, every name in the book are extremely naive. They have no clue as how horrid the Nazis, Al-Qaeda. Recently, an architect found 40 more, 40,000 more concentration camps. There's a possibility there may have been 13 more million uh, people All right, okay. that were terminated. All right. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, I'm not gonna stray into that territory when I don't, I don't see any corresponding evidence. But I do appreciate your uh, your thoughts. Here's, um, I got a little bit more from uh, Greenwald coming up here, and also um, a, a a woman named um, Lisa Gallagher, who uh, just voiced her support for Donald Trump on Facebook. And uh, the, the same Facebook that worked with the DOJ to cover up the Hunter Biden laptop. Yeah, well, she was raided by the FBI. She was visited by the FBI. Uh, an otherwise uh, unremarkable person, just a patriot, patriotic American who uh, liked to uh, uh, use social media to share political views. I'm going to share the audio on that. The phone call is your phone calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. 
left has been waging a war on America for decades. That's not right. It's not fair. And we're quite simply not going to take it anymore. Honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Dick Morris going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Got a new book called The Return. I think you're really going to enjoy it. If you want a free copy, all you got to do is go to thereturn911.com. The, uh, the day we started off talking about uh, 9-11, 9-11 happened on Sunday over the weekend, and Democrats were able to compare Americans, Trump supporters, to 9-11 terrorists. Uh, the same people who volunteered for military service went over and came back uh, either in a box or profoundly injured mentally or physical, physically. Those are the same people they're calling the new Al-Qaeda. That's you and me, by the way, in case you wanted to know. I remember when uh, when January the 6th happened, and I was hoping there would be a peaceful Berlin Wall movement. There were enough people in Washington, D.C., a million to, produ- to, uh, pr- to protest what were m- thousands, thousands of incidences of voting irregularity. And this will come out, provided the Republicans take both houses of Congress in November. This will come out, and people will go to jail. But right now, the left is doing everything they can to put those who would speak out in jail. This is a little montage, because I remember I watched, I watched January 6th, I'm like, really, really? It's not the worst thing. They opened the Capitol like two hours after the supposed thing, and then they were letting people in, and there was this guy wearing these horns, and he went in, he sat, and he was escorted in by the police into the House chamber, and I'm like, this doesn't look like a, 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 an insurrection. Nobody has any guns. And then we watched as a, as a woman who's 38 years old, a military veteran, was shot point-blank range by a Capitol police officer for no reason. And then we saw the left lying about it, lying about the destruction, supposedly, that happened on January the 6th when people were let in to the Capitol, where people are still sitting in a jail in Washington, D.C., without a hearing, without a trial, uh, being uh, uh, held uh, uh, water and toiletries and uh, uh, clergy, the ability to worship, visit with relatives or counsel. Here's a little uh, montage of the overreaction after January the 6th. You heard nothing about this the summer of 2020 when Antifa and BLM and the Democrat Party let the country burn. Certain dates echo throughout history. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th. 2021. Where were the people who jumped from the Capitol to their deaths? like the 300 plus who jumped from the Twin Towers on September the 11th. Similar to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. We can now add January 6th, 2021. It's like it was almost a plan. It's like it was almost a plan to entrap the opposing uh, political party and make them look terroristic, which happened once previously in history. Very short list of dates in American history that will live forever in infamy. The worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. The worst attack on our democracy uh, since the Civil War. And this was the worst. I, I never saw the uh, burning embers of the uh, the Capitol. I, I just saw a whole lot of people arrested, uh, even when they just walked in. 
and they're still being pursued by the FBI. This is Glenn Greenwald again. I, I mentioned him earlier, talking about how the U.S. government, the Democrat Party, is attempting to criminalize dissent. And remember, dissent is not disinformation. One of the most bizarre things is that skepticism towards the U.S. security state, the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, were long-standing principles of left-wing politics in the United States. Yeah. It was a staple of how the American left understood it. If you look at polling data or just the political framework now, where you see reverence for and belief in and applause for the CIA, the DOJ, the FBI, and the NSA is not on the American right, but on the American left. Because the American right is on the receiving end of it. The American right conservatives have been made the enemies of Joe Biden's state. Let's go to uh, Randall in Pacific Grove, California. Uh, Randall, thanks for holding, brother. You must have something important to say, so go right ahead. Yeah, I do. Uh, first off, I want to say that you don't sound discouraged to me. You sound pretty, uh, pretty uh, m uh, great convictions, and you have the most courteous call screener that I've ever uh, talked to. That's really? I hear he's a complete jerk. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, no, he is the most courteous ever. <laughs> I know, I know. I've called them all, but uh, yeah. I want to say that this is a perfect opportunity to remember how Clinton defunded our security during his administration. There was a, a bombing in the basement of the World Trade Center prior to that. And I also want to remind people that uh, thanks to John Ashcroft and the team in the White House during the Bush administration, all of the wanted domestic terrorists like Chizinski and FBI, uh, KGB, Hanson, and there's got to be a couple of do dozen that they netted that had been, uh, you know, on the lam during the Clinton administration. And so I want to thank the Bush administration for, for that good job. Mm -hmm. I also want to say that uh, people like Politano and uh, Mueller, uh, mm -hmm. they pretended to be for the war effort, the war on terror, and then they secretly... Uh, tried to undermine Bush. I remember that very clearly as well. Yeah. You might. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Randall. How do you feel about uh, uh, Trump supporters being compared to 9/11 hijackers? I have one thing to say. If you'll bear bear me out here, as long as it's what legal. When you, what happens when you take uh, Barney and Fred out of the Flintstones? I don't know. You have the view. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Have a good day, Rob. All right. All right. Thanks for the thanks for the call. I do. I do appreciate that. Yeah. I'm going to have to think about that one for a second. Uh, I'm going to think about it for a second. But I do appreciate the uh, the call. And I'm not and I'm not uh, discouraged. I'm determined. There you go. I'm not discouraged. I'm determined. All right. So uh, Dick Morris is going to join us with his uh, his knowledge uh, to give us a little uh, perspective on what's happening in America and how far the Democrats are going to take things before November the 8th. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show on a uh, on a Tuesday morning. It is the 13th of September, 
2022 an election year. And uh, joining us on the phone is a man who is uh, who is uh, operated on both sides of the political equation. He is uh, a historical figure and a very knowledgeable one as well. Dick Morris joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. He's also written this wonderful book called The Return that you can get for free by going to thereturn911.com. Uh, Dick Morris, um, looking at the events of the last week, are you still as optimistic about Donald Trump becoming president again, sir? Yeah, Rob, I absolutely am. Uh, and uh, I'm also very optimistic about our ability to capture both houses of Congress this year. Um, let me put the uh, Mar-a-Lago issue in, my, in perspective, at least the gospel according to Dick. <laughs> I do not feel that Trump took those documents from the White House to have them for his scrapbook or his grandkids or a book that he'll never write. I think he took them from the White House because he wanted them for him to present to the public to prove the FBI's collusion with the Hillary campaign in the Russia scandal, to prove that the FBI was tapping his phones and that the uh, FBI was submitting knowingly false information to get a FISA warrant to spy on his staff. And the reason the FBI broke into Mar-a-Lago to seize those documents had nothing to do with indicting Donald Trump, but has everything to do with stopping Donald Trump from going after the FBI. Wow. Now, I uh, remember very well when uh, Bill Clinton became the president of the United States. You were working with the Clinton uh, White House. And uh, midway through his first term, I remember I was writing for Rush Limbaugh. I was making fun of <laughs> of Bill Clinton, of course, because that's what I did. But I remember the pivot that had to take place because Bill Clinton was seeing that he was going to be a one-term president. I believe he was headed for that. But he had to move to the center on a number of issues. People rejected socializing medicine. People rejected the expansion of government, and he pivoted. We're seeing the opposite this election cycle. We are seeing, rather than pivoting, uh, a turn to the further to the left and demonization of uh, uh, Trump and his supporters, including 40 subpoenas uh, the DOJ have issued against Trump supporters, including Bernie Carrick. Uh, compare 94 to 2022 and the reaction from the Democrat Party with both elections. Well, when an income, when a liberal party loses an election, it always moves to the left. It doesn't move to the center, which you assume it would. Yes. But because the moderates leave their ranks, no longer vote in the primaries, no longer call themselves Democrats. The one to the left is the crazies and the nuts, and it pushes the party to the left. Clinton was an independent thinker who understood that to win re-election, he needed to move to the center. And he would argue with some justification that he always wanted to be in the center. He just had a Democratic Congress that was forcing him to the left. And when the electorate did them the favor of throwing them out and putting Gingrich and Trent Lott in charge. He could indulge his long-term desire and govern from the center. Biden is a complete puppet of the extreme left, and uh, he takes their orders. In fact, I don't think he's alive. I think we have the ventriloquist <laughs> and the taxidermist making him look alive and be president. Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of the, you know, the Wizard of Oz. Was yeah, yes. Some, some, 
Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what, what we're dealing with here. Yeah, but Nick, you know, now what we're seeing, what we're seeing rather than a pivot, we are seeing the uh, calculated attempt to destroy the other party to yep. uh, to frame dissent as um, as uh, as an attempt to overthrow the government. Uh, since we last spoke, yeah. you know, the Philly speech, what about the Philly speech? What was your reaction to the Philadelphia speech was unprecedented in American history? I thought it was the most horrible speech by a president ever. Uh, it looked like it was being delivered from the from Dante's Inferno by yeah. Satan, yeah. and uh, and it sounded like it. But you have to understand there is the reason for it. There are two ways the Democrats can run in 22. They can run comparing the Biden record with the Trump record, which they can't do, or they could run vilifying Trump and making him the issue in the campaign. The American people are such that you only have one politician on center stage. And I write about this in The Return. Yes, sir. In 2016, it was Hillary. Nobody even thought about Donald Trump. In 2020, it was Trump. Nobody even thought about Joe Biden. Since Biden has been president, it's been Biden. And now they're desperate to shift the focus to Trump. That's why the Mar-a-Lago raid, that's why the Pennsylvania speech, that's why they're sending out subpoenas and trying to agitate people into believing that maybe Trump might be indicted, which he won't be. And I think that this is all an attempt to make the election a referendum on Donald Trump as opposed to on Biden and the Democratic Party. Have you been shocked by the uh, the audacity of the left with regard to uh, starting with the raid on Mar-a-Lago on the Monday that Joe Biden went on vacation, then during his three-week vacation came back to sign the Inflation Reduction Act, which was not about inflation. It was a Stalinistic title for a bill that would empower the IRS to go after Americans and, I believe, political enemies. This was portended by uh, Lois Lerner uh, and five. 501c3s that were conservative uh, yep. before Donald Trump became the president. Have you been shocked by any of these uh, these moves that are incredibly uh, extreme with regard to uh, making half of the country the enemies of the state? Well, the moves are shocking, but I was not shocked because I, I predict all of them in my book, The Return. Wow. And, and, and it's all coming true. Uh, I think that we have to understand that they are just desperate to try to shift the focus to Donald Trump. And their strategy is to enrage Trump. Like in a Spanish bullfight, they stick pins in the bull till he gets crazy and charges the cape. Yes. That's what they're trying to do to Trump. And Trump is not taking the bait. Trump understands that the long-term game here is what I just said at the start of this show. The special master will not give them enough documents to indict Trump. They probably don't exist. But in any case, he won't. they won't clear privilege. So this investigation is going nowhere. Wow. Then in November, when we take back both houses of Congress, Congress will have a hearing about the FBI. And the documents Trump sees at Mar-a-Lago will not be evidence number A in indicting Trump. Wow. They'll be evidence number A in indicting the FBI. Wow. 
Now, Dick, you uh, you've been a Washington D.C. insider. You've seen um, the uh, what what a lot of people call the deep state. Uh, I noticed it when I lived in Washington D.C. for a dozen years. There are a lot of people who who get elected. Uh, they go to Washington D.C. and they spend their entire lives telling us how to uh, how to live ours. And uh, and and you know, I knew things were bad. I knew that there was a privilege associated with being a part of the federal government. Uh, but I I guess that I was I was even surprised at the depths to which the FBI and other agencies would uh, would weaponize their uh, their uh, forces against a political opposition. I was really, really shocked. Does any of this surprise you? Uh, well, again, I predicted it all, but it's never happened before. Um, you know, I worked as close as anyone could possibly be to Bill Clinton, and we did none of that. The worst that happened was Hillary hired a bunch of private detectives to dig up dirt on Bill's women. But um, never mobilizing the machinery of the state against the rival political candidate—that's completely new. And uh, I think it's—I think it's horrific. You know, the thing that one thing that bothers me the most is right when Trump is trying to raise money to help win the 2020 election, they are busy issuing subpoenas to the people that gave him money to investigate his fundraising practices. Yes. They know there's nothing there. Yeah. They know they're not going to get any indictments or convictions. They're doing it to scare the hell out of these donors so they don't write checks. It's uh, it's remarkable. Let me ask you, Dick Morris. And by the way, you got to get the return. Uh, and again, you can get it for free. Just go to the return nine one one dot com. What do you think is going to happen before the eighth of uh, November? What What do you think is uh, how far are they willing to take it? Because uh, it sounds like they're using uh, words of war to uh, to create some sort of conflict. And I would assume possibly uh, upset the election, disrupt the election, uh, change the outcome of the election. What What's next, sir? What After all of this, what do you suppose is next? There are some states that have passed election reform, so they can't steal it. Uh, Arizona's one, and Georgia's another, and Florida. But in Michigan and in Pennsylvania and in Wisconsin, they have not changed the law. And they have not changed the secretaries of state. So it's being conducted under old rules, under old auspices, by the same gang that stole the 2020 election. So one thing that's crucial for your listeners to do is make yourself an army of poll watchers yes. and election inspectors who sit at the polling place watching stuff that happens to guard against election fraud. I want to mention one other thing, Rob, which is not a personal sense of grievance, but it certainly is relevant to what you're saying. My book, The Return, is the fourth best-selling book in America, according to BookScan, which is the complete composite of all books sold. Yes, sir. And it sold 50,000 copies so far, and that puts it number four on the list of active books. Yes, sir. The New York Times has not let it be on its bestseller list. <laughs> I know. I know. eight weeks, I haven't been on the list. I know. And I've sold more books than all but four books, three books that are now on the list. Yes. And, uh, and, and I'll also mention, and I'm, I'm, reflected it, I've uh, been I, number four. I'm not a big fan zero. of... 
I'm not a big fan of Alex Jones, but Alex Jones' book is number one in the nation. Your yours is right there. Yours is was ahead of his certainly, but uh, that's another book completely stricken by the New York Times. I'm not an Alex Jones fan, by the way, uh, not at all, not at all. Uh, but instead, they are they are padding numbers with regard to book sales to uh, to uh, temper notoriety to temper book sales, and it's not and it's yeah. not working. And it's not working. But you, let me just get this straight here, because despite and listen, I've had plenty of warning shots over my bow about saying that you really can't say that the election was stolen in 2020, to which I have said I am absolutely entitled to my opinion that I believe with the evidence that I have, with the common sense and life experience that I have, that I believe in my heart that the 2020 election was thrown in the favor of Joe Biden. That will be proven eventually. But I have been told by the federal government that is disinformation and misinformation. You, sir, Dick Morris, who has much more political notoriety and knowledge that I have and certainly has been in the public view for decades as far as politics, you, sir, have said that you believe the 2020 election was stolen. Yeah, I believe that if you had an accurate vote count in all of the swing states, Trump would have carried Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, and, um, and and Wisconsin, and not Minnesota, and Wisconsin, and uh, Arizona, of course. Yes. And that would have been enough to elect him president. Biden would still legitimately have more votes than Trump, but Trump would have won in the Electoral College. Uh-huh. But the important thing to me is not looking back in 2020. Yes, sir. It's looking forward to stop this from happening again. Yeah. And there are two things we can do that are critically important. The first is we can elect the Republican Secretary of State, everybody's focused on the Senate and the House. I care much more about the office of Secretary of State, because that controls who wins the election. The Secretary of State in each state, totally unknown guy. Nobody spends much money for it. It's not a political uh, jumping-off point. But they control the elections. Remember what Stalin said, it's less important to cast the votes than who counts the votes. Yes, sir. And the Secretary of State counts the votes. And the Democratic theft of 2020 was preordained in 2018, when they beat Republican incumbent secretaries of state in Michigan and Arizona and replaced the one in Pennsylvania. So they replaced Republicans with fiercely partisan Democratic acts. What is the other what is the other thing? We're short of time. What is the other thing that Americans need to do before the November the eighth? To follow and root for and pray for the court decision in the case of Moore versus Harper, which is going to be argued and decided next year. And it requires that only the state legislatures make the rules for elections. So like in Pennsylvania, the legislature has banned drop boxes, but the yes. governor vetoed the bill. Yes. Under Moore v. Harper, they're saying the Constitution says that the state legislatures determine the times, places, and manner of holding elections yeah. Yeah. for Congress, and the governor can't veto those bills. Right. That combined with having good secretaries of state will assure us on selection. Dick Morris, I have to go. We're up against a hard break. I want to thank you very much for your knowledge today and your uh, your wisdom, and, and I've been very enlightened to it. I appreciate it. Uh, make sure to check out The Return. Go to The Return 911, and let's get you back on as often as possible for, before November the 8th. Have a glorious day, my friend. Godspeed and God bless, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Rob. I love your show. Thank you, sir. Let's take a break. It's The Rob Carson Show. we know 
Joe Biden and the Democrats caused a 40-year high inflation. When factories that make these ships shut down, ships shut down. Because we're not stupid. It's the Rob Carson Show. Occasionally I like to do what I call a uh, palate cleanser. It's, uh, you know, between courses of the uh, radio program, I like to kind of reset everything, and generally I'll do that with, uh, with satire, which is something that I am quite well known for, having written uh, a good share of Rush Limbaugh's comedy for uh, many years. Jim Gossett and I got together this week, and I said, you know what, let's go ahead, since they're attempting to uh, say that, uh, you know, uh, Trump uh, supporters are uh, fascists and all that stuff, let's take one of the uh, class of 1968's hippy-dippy-dopey 1968 anthems and talk about how bleak up the Democrats have made the United States of America. So here it is, for what it's worth. There's something happening here. Got a press with a brain that's not clear. He's got bloods where there used to be hair. Shaking hands when nobody's there. He did that yesterday, actually. It's time to stop. We're going to clean your clocks in November. The left is in disarray. November 8th could be a red day. We should win big, but we must be aware. Be vigilant. For a fraud could occur everywhere. Time to stop. Hey, what's that sound? Five Democrats are going down. Jim Gossett, by the way. The FBI as corrupt as they come. How do I know? Cause I'm not dumb. Yeah, we're not stupid. We must make them pay. Vote them out. They weaponize the DOJ. Time to stop. Hey, what's that sound? Democrats keep losing ground. Stop. Hey, what's that sound? The policies will be unbound. Stop. What's that sound? <laughs> Run out of DC now, uh, coming up uh, in, the, in the last hour, um, a, a woman named Lisa Gallagher, Trump supporter, was raided by the FBI over a false report that she was on the Capitol or at the Capitol January the 6th. Also, Joe Biden's cancer moonshot yesterday. He has uh, revised his, uh, his uh, promise during the campaign that he was going to cure cancer. He's revised it down to the point that, uh, well, uh, the American people and private industry and the medical industry has already done what he's promising. All right, so that is coming up. The phone number 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. This is our response, The Rob Carson Show. It is Rob Carson Show, and guess what? It's the last hour of The Rob Carson Show, but the cool thing is we uh, we make the show into a podcast every single day. My brilliant producer, Ken Decker, puts it together so you can listen to it. You can listen to the great interview I did with Dick Morris just a little while ago where he said and confirmed, oh, yeah, 2020 election was stolen. 
you know, and he's not even like a conspiracy theorist or anything. I know, kind of crazy. So if you want to, all of the uh, the places it is, it's your usual uh, suspects, Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, just uh, go to uh, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast, if you would like to uh, check that out. And, uh, and uh, you can hear the guests. You can hear the satire. Uh, and I'll just tell, I'll just say it right now. There is no one in talk radio who does political satire like this show. I bring on any challenger. I accept your I accept your challenge. You will not get better political satire than you will right here because I've been doing it a long time. And uh, unlike some other shows that just kind of do it and it kind of, eh, uh, no, we try to get better all the time. That's why I have uh, great people like uh, Mr. I've got a lot of Jim Gossett, among others. He does a lot of them. Uh, Sean Farish does my Trump impression. Uh, anyway, make the uh, make the uh, the podcast a destination, if you will. It's growing by leaps and bounds. And if you need to be buoyed in this time, and it's tough. I get it. And this morning, I started off the show very hot. I really ticked off, and I still am, that you would compare the 9-11 hijackers to Trump supporters. That is absurd. That is unacceptable. That is fanatical. And it cannot it cannot continue. It can't. We have got to fight this. Are you happy with the direction of the country? Are you happy with uh, crime in America's cities? I mean, when you look at smash and grab robberies, okay, let's, let's, you know, let's just use that as an example. What do average Americans say when a bunch of thugs come into a store, bash out the windows, steal stuff, knock people over on the way out? Is it, hey, man, you know, they've got a rough life. And, uh, and seriously, it's just to make up for all of the, you know, the racism and stuff in the country. Or do you say, you know, I really wish that it were legal to shoot people who did that. And I'm not talking about because of the color of the skin. I'm talking about because of the nonsense. There used to be a thing where you looted when there was a natural disaster. You got your ass shot. I think it needs to happen now, to be quite honest, because right now the country is out of control. You know it. I know it. Do you see the nonsense? You see this BS? Joe Biden alluded to it. Things are not normal. Well, the left made it not normal. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I, and I really believe that this show, one of the reasons it exists at this point in history, is that we can come together on saying that we're blessed to live in the United States of America and there's nothing wrong with being patriotic American and be grateful that we live here, we were born here, we weren't born into a caste system in India where your family uh, digs through garbage at a landfill for their entire stinking life. Or being born into North Korea. Say, for instance, your parents were sentenced to uh, life in prison and so were their children and their children's children. That happens. Imagine being born as the child of a political prisoner in North Korea, already knowing that you were sentenced to life in prison for something your parents said. My God in heaven, just pay attention. Okay. I've got a few things I want to get into beyond the nonsense, but I do want to share something. And I have been, have I been concerned about speaking out against things that I say are obviously true, like Hunter Biden's laptop, like Donald Trump didn't collude with Russia to throw the election, uh, like the election of 2020 was stolen. Well, you see, it's interesting because my speech has been already severely restricted for the last five years or so on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. 
And we now know, because Mark Zuckerberg did an interview, he said that the FBI literally said, hey, man, you got to watch this disinformation. And then, lo and behold, along comes Hunter Biden's laptop, and they immediately called it disinformation, and they told it to Facebook, and Facebook basically shut down any reach of anybody who had anything to say about Hunter Biden's laptop just in time for the election. Twitter just shut it down altogether. YouTube shut it down altogether. The New York Post story was banned from social media even though it was 100% absolutely true. Just kind of done with it. And I, I, I just got tired of uh, saying, oh, you know, I really got to think about this post on Facebook because chances are it'll get shadow banned. Bull crap. Screw Facebook. Screw Facebook. I'm afraid to put something on Twitter because I know it's going to affect our feed. Or maybe you monetized your Facebook feed. Or maybe you monetized whatever. And you're afraid now to say some things because you might lose the following that you have. That's where they have been successful. So you can't talk about the 2020 election. It's verboten. You can't talk about Hunter Biden's laptop being real. It's verboten. You can't talk about COVID and how it was played up just in time for the election. Listen to this. Listen to this. CDC violated the Administrative Procedures Act, the paper, uh, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and Information Quality Act when the agency cooked the books and hyperinflated the death count at the start of the COVID pan- pandemic in order to declare an emergency. Yeah, yeah. On uh, March 24, 2020, the CDC, the agency changed how death certificates were being reported, but only for COVID. They dropped all of the pre-existing health conditions and things we, uh, we always knew, causes of death, down to a different section of the death certificate so that the COVID could be put in place of those pre-existing conditions and considered the cause of death. 2020 was 2020 because it was 2020. And I've been right 100% of the time. Pretty much. You know why? Because I have common sense life experience and I work my ass off to do research and I don't play conspiracy theory bullcrap. I just don't do it. I don't. And I challenge those like Joe Scarborough to come on my show and let's have a debate because I'm just tired of being told that, oh, it's a big lie. No, 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 no. Let's have a debate about it. Instead of you trying to shut me down, instead of you saying that uh, my belief that the 2020 election was stolen with all of the evidence that it has been, just saying it's a big lie, nonsense. Instead of taking me down the day after the election on Facebook like they did, took my page completely away, never told me why, never gave me any recourse. And now I know the FBI was working with Facebook and Twitter to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story. And that's just the beginning. Lisa Gallagher is a Trump supporter. She's been, uh, you know, posting support of uh, Donald Trump on on Facebook. And uh, Joe Biden's speech in Philadelphia happened. And the next morning, Lisa Gallagher, who is an otherwise uh, unremarkable uh, person politically, gets a visit from the FBI. I want you to listen to her tell her story. I was terrified. And I'll be honest with you, when my daughter woke me up telling me there were three armed FBI officers at my door. I thought she was joking. And I immediately tried to throw clothes on. I called my husband. I was crying. My knees were shaking. And even though I knew I'd done nothing wrong. See, it's kind of funny when it happens to a Trump administration official, but not so funny when it happens to an average person. After seeing Joe Biden's speech the night before, I thought, oh, my God, this is political. And I was frightened. You're an enemy of democracy. You don't know that, do you? I truly thought... They can take me out of here in handcuffs 
And I thought, yeah. I'm in my bedroom. I thought, am I not coming home? So I went outside and I said, gentlemen, you're scaring me. And they proceeded to t that they were given an anonymous tip that I was at the Capitol on January 6th. We also know that on uh, a number of occasions, the FBI went to people's homes to ask about gun purchases and to see the weapons they purchased without a warrant, just, you know, doing a check. Here's a little bit more from uh, Lisa Gallagher. She hasn't done anything wrong, and even if she were on Capitol Hill on January the 6th, that's not criminal. No, I know nothing, and I invited them into my home so I could look at my phone and my calendar, and I have subsequently called the FBI office in Newark to just document or know for sure that it really was FBI agents at my home, yeah. and it was, uh -huh. and they said it was an anonymous tip, but they won't tell me anything else. Yo, you need to be able to face your accuser. If somebody gives you an anonymous attempt to the FBI and the FBI uh, uses that tip to come and raid your home and tell, come and confront you, you deserve to know who the accuser is. Or maybe the FBI is just making it up. And at this point, I probably, yeah, I believe the FBI is just making it up. That's what I think. Let's go to Michelle in Westminster, Maryland. Hello, Michelle, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hello, my friend. How are you today? I'm good. Good. How are you? I am fantastic. Good. I am, like you, I am optimistic that we will prevail. The only thing that worries me is the damage that is being done in the process that cannot be unturned, overdone, or undone, <clears throat> even with legislation or with legislation, legal ramifications mm -hmm. whatever the case is but sure. <clears throat> that's not exactly why i called they're basically making loving our country a crime mm -hmm. yeah we love our form of government we love our founding fathers we love the moral fabric that this country wove together mm -hmm. and what holds and binds us together and that is what they are trying to make a crime. Yeah. Now, I tried my hand at a few words. I emailed my song to you today, and it's called Loving My Country Is Not a Crime. Yeah. And we have to take that attitude, your attitude, my attitude, bring it. Yeah. Bring it, biatches, <laughs> because we're not taking it. Yes, yes. We yes. are not taking it. And those of us like you, like me, and a handful of others that have been screaming for the last three years, stand up, do something, stop cowering under your bed, stop hiding behind COVID, find your testicular fortitude and stop letting it run down your leg. Please. <laughs> I got to tell you, Michelle, that was beautiful. And honestly, we yeah. are we're done. And, you know, Michelle, I said this, the, the one thing the class of 1968 couldn't do, they tried everything they could. They couldn't make us all hate America, could they, Michelle? No, because I love my country. Every time, every time I hear the national anthem, I ball like a baby. Yeah. What did you do this weekend on 9-11 on when, when you were watching uh, football? Uh, what what was your reaction this weekend? Because I I teared up a couple of times, a couple of different anthems, and I realized that we're we're going to win this. Go ahead. Well, I heard that football did okay this uh, this time. I am still I know. mad at I know. football. Yeah. I am mad at NFL. They have not apologized. 
for taking the wrong side of this because not one of them that stood up, or I should say knelt, and did what they did and disgraced this country, especially the Ravens, when they went to England. Not one of them. Michelle, what, I, what, what, what I'll say, and I've got to wrap things up here, is there's a time to be angry, there's a time to fight, there's a time to laugh, uh, and, and all of these things we have to every day confront, and we have to bring, uh, every day we have to wake up with a, uh, a, you know, realize that if you are disheartened, realize that if you are, uh, you see defeats happening, that you will rise above it and be optimistic and, and embrace even those who disagree with you and say, let's come together to just say, that we live in the greatest country in the history of the world. And while we may disagree on some issues, it doesn't mean we have to hate the country. I've got to go, Michelle. Well said. Have a glorious day. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. The swamp feasts while we're expected to dine on the crumbs. To those who strove to deter us from our responsibility, you have failed. Time to send those crumb suckers home. It's the Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden promised during uh, the 2019 campaign that he would cure cancer. In one of the most cynical campaign promises ever in the history of mankind, considering how many of us have been affected by cancer, have lost loved ones to cancer, he literally said he was going to cure it. Wish you, uh, if I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes America is we're going to cure cancer. Now, uh, yesterday, uh, Joe Biden did a cancer moonshot. He's done this uh, promise a few times. He left office and he started his own cancer charity and they didn't do anything but uh, enrich the people who were in charge of. They did nothing at all. But now you see Joe Biden has got uh, your money and he can direct it wherever he wants and then take credit for, you know, curing cancer. But what he's doing now, he's saying that uh, his cancer moonshot on the 60th anniversary of JFK's uh, cancer or his uh, moonshot speech uh, with Caroline Kennedy right there, uh, announced that not only, uh, well, he wasn't going to cure cancer, but, 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 but he was going to speed breakthroughs to slash cancer deaths in half within uh, uh, 25 years. And, of course, he gave you his word as a Biden, which is uh, laughable. I'm giving my word as a Biden, this cancer moonshot is one of the reasons why I ran for president. It's part of my unity agenda that I laid out in my State of the Union address to rally the American people to work together. Yeah, well, the only problem is I, I did a little research on it. And you see, I've been involved with uh, a Children's uh, Hospital and Children's Miracle Network for, for decades. And, uh, and, and you realize that leukemia was, was basically a death sentence for children 30 years ago. And private industry and great uh, organizations like Children's Hospital, Children's Mas- National Medical Center in D.C. And, and other hospitals around the country, the American uh, Cancer Society. They actually uh, cut the overall death rate from cancer 27% in the last 25 years without Joe Biden using cancer to get your votes. Yeah, they already did it. And, and considering that was uh, without the advancements that are happening in cancer right now. It's kind of a given that cancer deaths will happen in the next 25 years without Joe Biden cynically using cancer to get votes. And then, of course, in typical old-timey, I'm senile, uh, in his typical old-timey, I'm senile manner, he, uh, he actually read the, uh, the quiet part out loud by saying, end of quote, yesterday. Lucy, 
because of new life-saving knowledge to be gained that must be used for progress of all people, end of quote. There you go, end, end of quote, end of quote, yeah. Yeah, see the private sector and, and uh, nobody's hitting their uh, hands, uh, their, you know, the butt of their hands on, uh, on their forehead going, holy crap, why didn't we think about curing cancer? I never even thought about curing cancer. Wow, thank Joe Biden. Anything to distract. On the on the right side, uh, the Republican Republicans are evil. They are trying to destroy the mon- uh, the the, uh, the democracy. They are fascists. And on the other side, I'm going to cure cancer. Wow. I mean, really. I mean, if you're if you're still falling for this, I mean, just wow. Let's go to Mike in Nottingham, Maryland. Hello there, Mike. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Your thoughts, please. Hi, Rob. Thank you for letting me have uh, letting me be on your program. You go talked ahead. about distract. Uh, I wanted to say it's obvious all this talk by the Marxist Democrats about white supremacy, the January sixth, twenty twenty one peaceful protests, nuclear secrets, and so on, is to distract from their record. Four examples. One, 7,000 illegal immigrants are coming into the U.S. every day. That's 10.2 to 10.3 million illegal immigrants over four years. We have lost our national sovereignty and have open borders instead. Two, we are now dependent on the other, on other countries for oil and we have lost our energy independence. Three, the price of gas has doubled and inflation is eight and a half percent every year. The cost of everything has skyrocketed. And a fourth example, uh, to cover up the massive violent crime in Democrat-run cities. Mike, I could not have said it better myself. I do 10 hours of show prep for a three-hour show, and I believe that you may have uh, bested me to some degree with your list of the ways that Democrats are um, attempting to distract them. Maybe not, uh, maybe just... uh you, you, you provided a good deal of enlightenment, and you proved that this listening audience is plugged in, and they get it, and we're not going to take it anymore. Beautiful phone call, my brother. I appreciate it. Tom, you'll be up next. Also, a uh, an impassioned speech from a firefighter in New York who had his career destroyed because of a COVID ma- vaccine mandate. His speech is coming up, and you're going to be blown away by it. That's coming up on The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. You know, a couple of years ago, I came up with the expression, don't catch the stupid. And I did that because of uh, COVID. And I thought it was all kind of stupid uh, because I did some research and, you know, I paid attention and I realized that it was being uh, it was being overplayed. 2020 was 2020 because of 2020. I mentioned earlier that uh, the even the CDC is admitting that uh, they overestimated uh, the number of people who died of COVID. They inflated the numbers deliberately uh, for the election. They used uh, they put on the death certificate of people who died uh, COVID, even though they really died of diabetes or died whatever. And uh, and uh, the uh, uh, 
uh, I said from the very beginning, because I remember I was working at a car dealership, and we were initially very scared of this new pandemic that was sweeping across the world. And I'm like, oh, my God, I work here. I'm going to be shaking hands with people and all that. And I just said, you know, I, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going I'm to live my life, okay? And so, uh, and every night I decided I'd go up to the big hospital right near the dealership just to see if since there was such a gigantic pandemic that was going to kill everybody, that the emergency room was full. And every night I would drive up there and there was nobody there. And I'd be like, I mean, this is the major, in Johnson County, Kansas, the biggest hospital, nobody there for COVID. Nobody. And then I saw that uh, in, in uh, New York City and in, in L.A., Donald Trump got together a hospital ship. He, he got these hospital ships ready to go to treat people with COVID. And they never used it. And then they, they uh, converted the uh, convention center in New York to hospitals, and they never used it. And they converted, uh, there was a, an organization run by a uh, uh, televangelist, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, they opened a hospital, field hospital in Central Park, and they never used it. And then I kind of went, huh, maybe we're being played because it's an election year. And I was right. My mother was 91 years old when she died. She got COVID. They tested her positive for the antibody. She didn't even know she had it. I never got the vaccine. I did get COVID, and, and I'll admit it's real. Again, it's real. It was, it was a sickness that I've never experienced before, but I knew I believed in my heart I would not die from it. And that's why I came up with the expression, don't catch the stupid, because you know, people like, for instance, six feet away from somebody versus five feet away from somebody. Six feet is enough to save your life. Five feet, you're dead. Stupid. Really, really, really stupid. Wearing a, a cloth mask to prevent the deadliest pandemic in the history of mankind. You would be wearing a hazmat suit if you wanted to prevent your death from the worst pandemic. Why is Walmart still open? Why is uh, Target still open? Where are the body pits behind them? You've been played, guys. Why did Joe Biden have a massive ceremony with, uh, you know, votive candles up and down the reflecting pond before he took office for all of the deaths from COVID and hasn't now that we've surpassed one million people in America who died? Why is that? <laughs> stupid, stupid. You want another, another way that things are stupid? Racism. You know, that the United States is a racist country. Racist, racist, racist. Everybody's racist. Everybody. They got to make up hate crimes. Like the Duke volleyball player, the, uh, the black girl who's on. And she said, there, there was somebody in the stands, and they were yelling the N-word at me. Well, I hate to tell you this. In, in 2022, if somebody's yelling the N-word in the stands, first of all, they run a real, list, uh, real risk of getting the hell beat out of them. And second of all, everybody's going to notice, and they will be destroyed. But that didn't happen, you see, because it was a shakedown. It was a setup. It was bullcrap. Just like Jesse Smollett. Just like Bubba Wallace. It's a joke. And here's the latest. Chick-fil-A is being slammed as racist after telling a black customer his community would be the first to know when spicy chicken nuggets return to the menu. Oh, my God, you might as well just burn a cross right out there in front of the old Chick-fil-A waiting for your chicken nuggets. My God, what a racist organization. Oh, yeah, and they're also a homophobic because they close down on Sundays. And they think that, you know, marriage was created as a bond between men and women. Now, you know, there you go. September 9th, fast food company responded to a user query uh, whether the uh, chain will add chicken spicy nuggets to its menus. And it said, and it was talking about, places like where I live, Olathe, Kansas. Olathe, Kansas is a community. And when uh, uh, companies decide they're going to target different communities to uh, 
sell their product, they say, huh, let's look at Olathe, Kansas. Let's look at Florence, Kentucky. Let's look at uh, uh, Woodbury, uh, Minnesota, and, and we will move our new restaurant there. But instead, these uh, the, whoever is upset about this assumed immediately, oh, they mean black people. Your community will be the first to know if spicy items are added to the permanent menu. And then, of course, the chain was immediately hit with a flood of tweets accusing it of being racist. Chick-fil-A spokesperson said in response, oh, it was a poor choice of words, but was meant to refer to the areas the, ch- areas the chain serves. And that's exactly what it meant. And by the way, I grew up in a, in a, in a farm family. We, we uh, didn't know we were poor. And almost every night of the week, my mother made fried chicken. We ate fried chicken, and we never said, man, I sure do like uh, fried chicken, and uh, man, uh, you know, uh, we sure do hate black people. No, no, we just like the fried chicken. And if you noticed, about half the restaurants you eat at nowadays have some sort of fried chicken. So, uh, you know, everybody loves fried chicken, with the exception of uptight vegans. They probably don't like fried chicken, but they probably hate life, too, because every time they try to get up out of a chair, they almost pass out. But anyway... So it, it is kind of funny. It is kind of funny in the United States of America. We have a thousands of words that start with the word in, but there's only one in word, and only some people can say it. And in our country, everybody eats fried chicken. Fried chicken is a big deal. Remember the Popeye chicken sandwich? People got shot because of the Popeye chicken sandwich. What is in the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Fried chicken. Yeah. Everybody loves fried chicken. Asian people love fried chicken. White people love fried chicken. Black people love fried chicken. It's okay. But if you say something about a certain group that they like fried chicken, like the rest of us, it's racist. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. My mother made the best fried chicken. Oh, my God, it was so good. And every year we do this thing. I call it the silence of the chickens because we'd raise 400 chickens over the summer. And then for three days in the fall, uh, we would uh, do the silence of the chickens where we, uh, you know, we killed the chickens. And, uh, and it was a, it was a, I mean, it would cure you from eating fried chicken the rest of your life. Don't get me wrong. And, and after a day of cutting the heads off of chickens and gutting them and defeathering them and all that, put them in the freezer, my mother would make fried chicken. Yeah, I know. I couldn't eat fried chicken for a while. I've gotten over that. I've gotten over that, by the way. Uh, let's go to uh, kind of a little aside there about the stupidity. Uh, and, and I was raised, when I was a kid, we watched Roots on television. We watched Sanford and Son. We watched uh, Good Times. We watched All in the Family. We didn't think about color. We, didn't, we thought it was hilarious that Archie Bunker was made to be a fool because he was uh, racist, you know, bigoted, and he was a fool. And we laughed at Archie Bunker. We didn't go, yeah, Archie Bunker kicks butt. We said he looked like a buffoon. We cheered George Jefferson. George Jefferson kicked ass. George Jefferson lived in a deluxe apartment in the sky. He did it on his own. He opened a cleaning business. And you know what? We were white people from Iowa, and we were like, hell yeah. Kind of weird that way. That's why racism died with my generation. There are still people who are racist. But as far as the traditional... Racism that has existed that has been supported by the Democrat Party through uh, support of slavery, through the Civil War, Jim Crow, and whatnot. My generation was the first generation to say, "Ah, oh, yeah, Uhuru kissed Sp- or, uh, Kirk. No big deal. Who cares?" One of my heroes as a kid was Verb. He was the only black superhero at the time. Verb, Schoolhouse Rock. Verb. That's what's happening. He was a. Oh my God, he was so cool. So stupid. This is why. 
Uh, all of our generations have to come together, but it's time for Gen X to step forward. We're the guys who stepped forward on, on September the 11th, went off and fought and died, and we will lead the turnaround of a country, and we will bring people around who love the country and can set aside petty political differences to love the country. It's amazing how that happens. Let's go to uh, Tom in Forest Hill, Maryland. Hello, Tom, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hey, Rob. Great to talk to you. Um, yes, sir. I, um, I was working on 9-11. I was a police officer assigned to a high school on that, that morning. And the way I feel about 9-11 goes back to before uh, um, Vietnam and 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 uh world war ii my father was uh enlisted in the air force along with his brothers to fight in world war ii my father at the age of 19 flew a b-17 bomber over germany and got shot down he had all the respect for this country the rest of his life um in vietnam i was in high school eligible for the draft but by the grace of god i i wasn't chosen to go to vietnam but i had friends that didn't come back from vietnam and i felt similar uh when i saw the the pictures of our helicopters being dumped off of ships when they left saigon and and friends of mine didn't come back they didn't come back to ticker ticker tape uh parades they were spat on and ridiculed um, affected the, the rest of their lives. On 9-11, I was in a high school that morning, and I heard on the radio the first plane hit the uh, World Trade Center, and I knew something was wrong. Now, prior to that, uh, police training um, in Baltimore County, we had trained for that day. We knew that it was going to happen because uh, we knew who was going to do it. We just didn't know when, and we knew schools were going to be secondary targets of the terrorists. So we had planned for, for that day. So when the first plane hit, I went to the library in my high school and I was watching, uh, unfortunately, CNN. The monitors showed the second, I actually saw the second plane hit the second tower and I knew that, that it had started. Yes. Before I could get to my lapel mic, um, my sergeant was on, on the, the radio saying to shut down the school, which we did immediately within seconds of the second plane hitting. Uh, with administration and I and all the schools, um, evacuated our kids, had them safe. We uh, monitored the parents picking them up. Everybody was safe. You couldn't get on your cell phone that day. It was, it was unbelievable. My sister worked at the Pentagon, but she wasn't at the, the she was in an annex. Yes, sir. So when I could get through, after I made sure all my kids were safe, um, I called her and she was okay. I tried to get through to my mother. I couldn't get through to her till later in the day. I mean, th- these kids have no idea. There was no phone service. They shut yeah. down planes all across the country. Well, I remember that. I remember that. I remember. I remember seeing the first plane fly days afterwards because the the planes. Let me ask you this because we got to wrap things up, Tom. Um, yeah. Every generation has stepped forward and and, uh, and bravely fought. My father was a World War II veteran. My bus driver was in the first wave that hit Omaha Beach. Uh, Vietnam veterans stepped forward, uh, and they did in the same fashion as nobly, as as honorable as any, but they were treated like crap by the left, by the class of 1968. My generation, Generation X, we stepped forward. Oh, yeah. We stepped to the fore after 9-11. And now you've got the Democrat Party saying those same people and their families and their Gold Star families are as 
as bad as the Al-Qaeda hijackers, those who were patriotic enough to sign up after 9-11. How do you feel about that? And I've only got about 60 seconds. Go right ahead. Well, when, when we pulled out of Afghanistan, you know, how many Americans, brave Americans that, that love this country, that our president can't even pronounce America, um, that, that signed up for the military and went and fought in Afghanistan and were killed and maimed by bombs made by the uh, Iranians. And, and then this idiot pulls them out, leaves billions of dollars of the most advanced military equipment in a country in the hands of the ta- terrorist barbarians that are now torturing and killing women and children. And, and the Chinese are uh, moving into the base that's, um, that we left there. Yeah. I just, I, I can't imagine what those people feel. We can't do enough for our military. We yeah. cannot do enough for them. And Tom. yesterday on 9 11, uh, uh, I had a, t- uh, a lot of tears. All right, brother. Thanks for the phone call. I do appreciate we it. We can never forget. Yes, sir. And we will not suffer oh, any more way, indignities. I'm- I'm a personal friend of the Barbara, and she, she is hey. <laughs> exactly what you think she is. All right, brother. Thanks for the phone call. Um, the Christian thing to do is forgive. I'm not forgiving Joe Biden for the indignities he suffered upon us, and I am not going to forgive him for what he did uh, to the, uh, those who suffered and those who, who uh, were injured and killed in Afghanistan. There's no forgiving. You've served up your last indignity, Mr. President. Uh, coming up, I do want to share this speech from this uh, ex-New uh, York Fire Department captain after being fired for not taking the COVID vaccine. I'm going to share that coming up. Jim from Baltimore, you'll be the uh, last caller of the day coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's the Rob Carson Show. Let's go to Jim in Baltimore real quick. He's been on uh, on hold for a while, digesting the show today. Jim, uh, your thoughts real quick. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Rob. Well, I just wondered if you had read my book, Who Was Karl Marx? I've got it right here on my desk, actually. Oh, good. Uh, you know, it explains everything that is going on right now. Joe Biden is not incompetent. He is a traitor. That is what he is. And what we are seeing in our country today is an attempted communist takeover of our nation in real time. These people have been associated with enemies of ours since the 70s. Joe Biden was elected with the help of a man whose organization, the man himself, was a Soviet agent, and the organization was designed to hobble our ability to obtain and, and uh, uh, improve our nuclear weapons force. All right. you know, they call it anti-nuclear, but the fact of the matter is that they were only anti-nuclear towards America. And, yeah. you know, one of your previous callers said, when are people going to stand up? I want to tell you, I don't think you know this, that I'm running... For the state legislature in Maryland, people can go to my website, jimsimpson4delegate.com. You know what, my, uh, and the four, you just use the number instead of four. Okay. Spelling it. You know, Jim Simpson, four delegate. What is your slogan? Stop the insanity. No Very nice. compromise. 
All right, Jim, I got to run. Thanks for the call, bro. Do appreciate it. Jim for delegate in the state of Maryland, by the way, one of our uh, our affiliate station, our anchor station, WCBM. So uh, there's an ex-fire department of New York uh, captain. Name is Brendan Fogarty. He was fired for not taking the vaccine. Oddly enough, I shared a study yesterday. 1,100 athletes have died from sudden death from 1966 to 2004. 673 have died since January 2021. Here is a man who was fired. He lost his entire career uh, speaking yesterday or, or uh, late last week in New York at a council meeting about losing his job. I served for 20 years, and uh, I went from being essential to being disposable from the mandates. I'm going to go ahead and let him just speak and uh, not comment. And uh, my religious exemption was denied, and I received those threats of termination, and I retired. I would love to go back to my job. I normally get nervous when I speak in front of, in places like this, and I always say this prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. We're going to be on the right side of history. Yes. The people who are against us are against civil rights and religious freedom. We deserve to have our jobs back. I could feel this, this, this crisis you have of people who can't figure out how to, how to close this gap. Get rid of the mandate, okay? We'll get our jobs back. That'll, that'll narrow the gap. Get rid of the mandate so you can attract more people who actually have values in their lives and will come and work in this city, yes. okay? I never took this job to be rich. I took it to be secure, okay? I knew I wouldn't get rich. But I, I was told it was a secure job. I have four children and a wife. And then they say, it's over. I would have been better off becoming a Met or a Yankee. But I gave up that dream in fourth grade. All right? Fifth grade MVP right here. Good Shepherd Little League. All right? I had a shot. Not anymore. Okay? I gave my best years to this city. 20 years from 21 to 41. And then they take it away at the peak of my earning career. I made it to captain. I went through that process. You should be ashamed of yourselves. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Eric Adams is going to be on the wrong side of history. The people who look by are the same people who thought slavery was okay. The same people who thought segregation in Shea Stadium was okay. And they tried to shut him down. Too late. That'll be on the uh, best of show today. Go to uh, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Back in a few. All right, guys, have a glorious day. If you get a chance to, you want to buy a T-shirt that says, Don't Catch the Stupid, just go to my social media, Rob Carson Show at Getter and Truth Social, the link there. Also, the podcast, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. God bless you guys. We're going to get through this. We're going to win. The truth wins. Good wins. God bless you. See you tomorrow. And in the meantime, don't catch the stupid. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.